Welcome to another edition of the Live Happy Now podcast. Greetings. Thanks for joining us wherever you are in the world, however you may be listening. Thanks for making us a part of your day. We are so thrilled that you are here, and we are so thrilled that we have an opportunity to bring you another fantastic conversation today uh, with Dr. Michelle Robin. That coming up in a bit. But we first have a couple of things that we would like for you to do for us. That's right. We're going to get needy here for a minute. We want your opinion Everybody has an opinion. Everybody wants to give it. And for your opinion, we could give you some free swag. T-shirts. I don't know. Drink things. Cups, if you will. We've got them available for you. All you got to do is go to livehappy.com slash survey. It's a two-minute survey. It doesn't take long at all. And it's all about the Live Happy Now podcast, things you like, the feelings that you get while you're listening to it, and things that we can improve on, uh, all right there for you. And again, you could win some free Live Happy swag stuff from our store. It is available for you. We also want you to go ahead and uh, get a copy of the latest edition of Live Happy magazine. You can get it at uh, newsstands. You can also get it in the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store, and it is now available on your phone, which is awesome. So please do that for us. But today, we are very excited. Dr. Michelle Robin joined Deborah Heiss for a fantastic conversation about the impact of small changes on your overall well-being. You don't have to do it all in big chunks. And Dr. Robin is going to be talking about that. She's uh, an international speaker, best-selling author, and founder of Your Wellness Connection, one of the nation's most successful integrative healing centers. Hi, Dr. Robin. Thanks for joining us today. Deborah, thanks for hosting us at Live Happy. Yeah, it's exciting to have you in the uh, in the podcast studio today. We usually do these over the phone. It's really exciting to have an actual live guest. Well, it's fun to be here and I had the most fun meeting a lot of your staff and crew. You can see why they're happy. It's hard not to be happy when you're uh, surrounded by people who are trying to make the world a happier place. It's a fun environment. We have a lot of fun here at the office, and I'm glad it shows when people come visit. Well, we're delighted to be here. Dr. Robin, tell us. Tell us a little bit about what it is that you're about in life. You know, I'd say the biggest thing about is small changes lead to big shifts, whether it's around food, whether it's around exercise, whether it's around thoughts you're having. You know, I say that we have a, a good committee and a bad committee, and you've got to keep putting in the good stuff to outweigh the bad stuff that's happening. And that's one reason why I love Live Happy. I love the messaging. I love the, the website. I love the emails I get, the podcasts, the little videos, all the wonderful things you guys are doing here really helps me uh, share with my clients things they can do because people need resources you guys are a great resource well thank you um you know one of the things that you know i thought of when you were saying that was uh you know there's research barbara frederickson's done that really shows that we need even in relationships we need about 80 percent of our contact per day to be positive Mm -hmm. and not just to outweigh the rest of the negative so for every one negative interaction we have we need seven to eight positive interactions um, so it really resonates with me when you start talking about filling yourself up with the positive. And, you know, I think people think of the you know angel and devil on your shoulder, mm-hmm. but it's beyond that. It's not an equal contest. The negative wins if you don't take time to fill up with the positive. Yeah, that's why I think it's so important to be pe- for people to plug into podcasts, plug into little affirmations, little sayings. I think it's one reason why we see all the shares on social media when somebody has some positive words. Don't let the negative few affect the positive many. Uh, you know, just really try to how we feed our brain. You know, I think the big thing for me is uh, really three things that I want to accomplish on my journey. I'm recovering from a uh, serious bike accident uh, about 10 months ago, and it got really clear to me that I have uh, three objectives in my life. One is to really celebrate 
what I'm already doing right in my own life and mm-hmm. teach the people that I get a chance to serve and guide to really celebrate what they're doing right. I'm guessing today you probably took time to drink some water, brush your teeth. You probably got some sleep, maybe not with three kids, but a little bit of sleep. <laughs> um, took time to laugh. And so how do we celebrate that? And then how do we add on top of it? And when you say the 80-20 rule with positivity, it's the same thing with diet and exercise. You know, how do we eat the right thing 80% of the time and the 20% of the time have whatever you're going to have? And how do we forgive ourselves for that 20%? Because I think that's a big piece of it, too. I think it, I think it's a great reminder for our listeners to, once again, celebrate what you're doing and then let go. Yeah. Let go. We call happiness really a, a slight edge activity. I mean, you do the right things every day and it pays off in the end. And whether those right things are celebrating gratitude or celebrating life or recognize you're grateful for or whether it's just trying to see the good in life or give back, whatever it is, you don't see results instantaneously. Mm-hmm. It takes time. Um, like you're talking about exercise. You know, I can go to the gym today. It doesn't mean I'm going to be healthy tomorrow. How do you get your clients to really understand that uh, or to get the people that you work with to really understand that it isn't about doing this short term? How long, how do you get them to have the grit to stay with it long enough to have effect? You know, I think that's a, a great um a great question. You know, for me, my undergrad's in accounting, and so I think a lot like a, a banker. You know, you have debits and credits, and if you keep uh, debiting your account, sooner or later you're going to go into bankruptcy, and it's really hard to get out of bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. So how do we add enough credits that they add up so we have the life we want to have? We're designed to have an amazing life. If you really think about this amazing vehicle that we call our body and how it withstands some of the things that we put it through, and yet we're able to sit here in front of each other today yeah. and have a conversation. And so I think that um, it's just reminding them to be gentle with themselves, give themselves some grace, but that if you lay your head down at night and you do an inventory and you say, you know what, today I, I drank some extra beer, I had pizza, I was not very nice to people I got a chance to care about, I sat down all day, you're going to be going into bankruptcy. But if you can say, you know what, I did have a beer, but I also took time to exercise, I took time to really um, give a shout out to my friends, really love them up, all of a sudden you have more credits and debits and you can say, you know, I'm not going to go into bankruptcy today. So what tools do you give people to start recognizing that? The second thing I would say would be guidance. And so the guidance I would give them is tuning in. I think it's really important. You know, our car is kind of like a vehicle, and we have to look at the gauges. And so um, when I wake up in the morning, I start to tune in. I'd say, okay, gosh, how did I sleep? Oh, you slept, you slept really great. Okay, well, why did you sleep great? Well, apparently I ate the right things. I didn't have caffeine too late. I didn't check my email too late and start to have uh, that monkey mind going. When somebody says, I want to talk to you in the morning, and you're like, oh, my God, what do they want to talk to me about? We start making stuff up right in our head. So I really encourage them to really tune in and listen to how they feel. So, like, if I meet somebody and um, I can tell the instance when I meet somebody, you know, how... how Typically, by, the, by their handshake, by their hug, by their eyes, what type of grace they have. Are they, are they making sure everybody around, including the conversation, or do we leave people out? So I just am tuning in to these situations. So I really encourage them to do the same thing. If you're feeling anxious, you're living in the future. If you're feeling depression, you're living in the past. So I really encourage them, if they're feeling those sensations, to think, okay, what can I do right in this moment? And we talk about it all the time. I think the probably the greatest thing that I do a small change challenge every week on my show, small changes, big shifts. And I would say eight out of 10 people, I'll say, what's your small change challenge? And they'll say, well, gratitude. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's do something different because I've been doing gratitude for a while. But I think just, just being grateful for the moment. And, uh, that's all we have is the moment. Do you, uh, practice any sort of mindfulness exercise any sort of med- meditation? You know, I get asked that question a lot. Do I sit down and go, hmm, <laughs> I don't. 
um, one of the things I try to practice is to see people. And so if I go for a walk, I try to make sure that I say good morning to people. I look them in the eyes. If I'm driving my car to the office, I try to um, look at the person next to me and smile at them. I read a, um, a story by Leo Biscaglia when I was in college, and the book was called Love. Do you, are you familiar with that I'm book? I'm familiar with the book and with him. I love him. Yeah, and the story was this. There was this um, young man who was feeling very uh, depressed and desperate in his life, and he decided to commit suicide. And he wrote a note that if somebody smiled at him on the way to the pier, this is in Southern California, uh, that um, he would not jump. Well, he ended up jumping, so obviously no one smiled at him. And you can't imagine that walk, whether it was, you know, two blocks or one block, surely he had to see people. And so um, that story has stuck with me. You know, here I am 30 years later almost. And I think, gosh, Michelle, people just need to be seen. Mm -hmm. And how could I? So my mindfulness practice is witnessing people and letting them know they matter. That's really cool. I identify with that in the sense of uh, being present is the way I like to put it. Mm-hmm. One of the things I always tell people is I want to be present where I am. So, you know, even if it's a business meeting, I try and make sure that I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not answering my phone. I'm not texting. I'm not emailing. Mm-hmm. If it's a really important meeting, I don't take my phone to the meeting. If I'm with my children and I'm talking to them, I'm talking to them, mm-hmm. not the, you know, prototypical walking around the house mommy 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 look at this mommy 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 look at this mm-hmm. either it's like i don't have time to look at that right now show me that in a minute or great let me see it but if i say let me see it it's not just noise my seven-year-old has learned how to do cartwheels recently and she's fascinated by doing cartwheels so i have to watch cartwheels every night but i want her to know i'm looking at her not just that i'm going yeah that looks great huh you know what I mean? I do. I remember a, a, a speaker I heard uh, several years ago at a, a mentoring retreat I was at, Joe Calhoun, and he said our most important job starts the minute we walk into our home at night. Mm. And we tend to, and I know I was guilty of this, I'd leave everything I had at the office. Yeah. And I'd get home and it'd be like, okay, let me just get a little bit to eat, take a hot bath and, and go to bed or whatever. Instead of saying, you know what, let me show up for my animals, for my partner, and for my friends. And so I've really been working hard at... Um, really about the other side of my life. And so I would encourage our listeners, when you pull in your driveway tonight, whether it's a driveway or your garage, that you take a couple deep breaths. You know, they say taking four four deep breaths at a six-second count is like Valium. So we're giving your Mm -hmm. listeners free Valium today. (laughs) And if they practice it, they will really see how their shoulders drop so they won't need their chiropractor near as much. And um, all of a sudden they walk in and they could be present. And so your real day starts when you walk in and you get a chance to spend time with your family. I'm going to try that tonight because um, there's a movie called Marley and Me. I, I think we're all familiar with this with, mm-hmm. the, with the dog. And, um, you know, he gets the, the, the gentleman who owns the dog gets married and has a family. And it progresses from him being really excited to get home, him really excited to get home with his wife and the dog playing. To all of a sudden, he's got a bunch of kids running around, and he just sits in his car before he goes inside. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you feel like that at the end of the day. It's like, all right, I've got to charge back up. I'm going to give that a try tonight. Yeah. Because, you know, when I hit the door, sometimes it's hard for me to remain vertical with the uh, assault of children coming at me to hug me. And I love that feeling, but that's just another energy level. For about 30 seconds. For about 30 seconds. It's like, okay, I get to sit down at some point tonight, right? It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd encourage you to try that, to take, try the deep breaths and just say, okay, game on. This is, this is why I'm working. This is why I'm having the life I'm having, so I can be right here with this wonderful family I've created. That's great, great advice. Um, so tell me, a little bit about your, tell me a little about your podcast, because I know you've mentioned the name of it. Tell, tell us a little bit about what people can expect if they listen to it. Gosh, you know, I would say um, the third thing I feel like I'm here to do on this planet is connect people. You never know what you're going to hear, what sentence, 
what person that's going to really shift you mm -hmm. to take the next step. For me, my life has been a little step, a little step, a little step. They've all added up together to this phenomenal life. And um, I'm so blessed, and I can't believe the life I get to live today. And I want to just want to give back. And so when my podcast, Small Changes, Big Shifts, it's really to shine the light on people. You know, we've had Live Happy on before, mm -hmm. and... Um, my friend Terry Griggs in the room, we've had her on before. How do we shine the light on people doing great things, celebrate them, at the same time give our listeners guidance because people are really struggling on a day-to-day -day basis because there's so much noise. And plus, people think there's so much more I could be doing instead of just being here right now. There's a theory if you'll be who you want to be, you'll do what you want to do to have what you want to have. We call it B plus do equals magic. And I want people to have cool. a magical life. And so if I can um, celebrate other people, get my listeners to celebrate themselves, uh, give them guidance, mm -hmm. and then connect them to resources or people or thoughts that will help them be happy, because happiness means well-being, right? Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, just but live with well-being isn't a very good magazine title. Yeah, so. it's not. Uh, yeah. Live happy sounded a lot better. So yeah. <laughs> we're going to stay with that one. Um, and frequent listeners have probably heard me tell that joke before. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apologies. I, yeah, I, I've loved it. I've loved it as I've been learning more about live happy. I uh, I will share, share that in my talks. I said, who wants to be more well? And you know, when everybody was like, sounds like too much work, right? Yeah. So who wants to be more well? Sounds like way too much work. I mean, you're going to want me to eat grass and drink a lot of water and never have pizza and alcohol. No, thank you. But to say, gosh, who wants to be happier? Everybody says, sign me up. What kind of reactions do you get when you tell people what it takes to actually be happier? Because a lot of times I feel like I'm saying, these are really simple things we should be doing anyway. How did we forget this? And people are looking for some magical cure, but it's, there's no magic to it. It's just really doing the things that are common sense and that we're taught to do throughout our lives, mm -hmm. just actually doing them. Do you, how do you, do you find it surprising when people discover this? You know, it's interesting. I have a couple books, and the first one's called Wellness on a Shoestring, Seven Habits for a Healthy Life. A mm -hmm. uh, publisher came to me and said, Michelle, we want to um, revamp our publishing division. We want you to write a book on mind, body, spirit, medicine. I said, fine. And so um, I started thinking, what are the seven things I'm telling people to do over and over? And I uh, wrote that book, and then as I was traveling around, Deborah, I thought, gosh, these are so simple. You know, if we did the quiz right now, should you sleep or stay up all night? <laughs> sleep, right? Should you move or become an office potato? Absolutely move. Should you breathe or hold your breath? Breathe. Should you live in an uncluttered or cluttered environment, mind, and body? Uncluttered. Yeah. Should you have french fries or salad most of the time? Salad most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time, right? Most of the time. I'm a French fry Friday kind of girl. Yeah. I love French fries. <laughs> it's my actually my favorite food for my friends. Who, we just did a big old birthday celebration, and one of the questions was on the quiz: is what was my favorite food? So I'm reminding them it was not pizza. It is it is French fries. I'm gonna have to do milkshake Mondays. I think under that. There, there you go, milkshake <laughs> that, Mondays. And should you have water or diet coke? Water. Water. And so those are seven habits. And I truly believe with my 30-plus years in health and wellness that if people would embody those habits 80% of the time, we would shift the healthcare crisis we're in. However, we're not doing it. And yeah. so as I went back to my own uh, headspace and my own clients, my research, um, I wrote a second book called The E-Factor, Engage, Energize, Enrich, Three Steps to Vibrant Health. And I just don't think people are, um, they don't know their why. Yeah. You know, and once you, you know, Simon Sinek talks about that, mm -hmm. let's, if you know your why, it's much easier to comply. And once you find out your why, you start to set a strategy, you set your envision intentions, and then you create a path of how to get there. And, uh, and you find out your tribe. Just like you guys have a live happy tribe, you mm -hmm. know, we have a wellness tribe. And like I said, Terry and Susanna are here, and they're part of my tribe. And how do we really cheer each other on? 
And yeah. so I think that that's a missing piece as people don't go to the tribe enough. As I mentioned, I'm uh, healing uh, on the other side of healing from a, a, a devastating bike accident in my tribe. I'm going to tell you within hours of my accident, um, my house was descended upon and I had people, my doctor kept saying, you need to get home care. You need to get home care. And I'm like, I have no idea why I'd fit home care in here because I had three friends pretty much there <laughs> around the clock for th- two weeks. You know, um, that ties into an article I just read, that will, but that will be in the next issue of the magazine called Find Your Tribe. One of our uh, editors here on staff has written an article called Find Your Tribe, which is I'm really looking forward to uh, being able to share with everybody when that issue comes out this summer. But uh, it's exactly in those lines. you gotta, you got to have your tribe. And I think finding your tribe and it makes it sound like there's only one tribe. Well, I don't know about you. I have my tribe of girlfriends that maybe I do triathlons with. I have a tribe of my business friends with. I have a tribe that I go to the lake with. I have a tribe of my family. I have a tribe at my work. I have a tribe at my church. And so we have multiple tribes, and sometimes they, they overlap, and sometimes they don't. And so... Um, just be mindful that there's a, you have it's like a big tribe with little tiny pockets. Yeah, most of us have multiple tribes. Yeah. I mean, certainly the uh, the uh, elementary school parents that I see at home <laughs> don't really cross over into my work life very much, um, it, and the people who I see at work don't necessarily cross into the elementary school moms I spend time <laughs> with at home. So it does all kind of go together with everybody, or you know, the gym rats or the people I run with, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So we're talking about tribes and uh, finding a tribe or finding multiple tribes. But what about if, if someone's struggling with that? How do you suggest they go about discovering their tribe or building a tribe? What, what are some things they can do to really you know, get a handle on where they get that support? Well, first of all, I, I don't think it's. A, I think there's a lot of people struggling. I think it's huge. People are really lonely, and they're missing connection. There's a saying: the opposite of addiction is connection. And so, how can we help people become more connected? And I think my advice would be is to think about what you loved as a child. If you loved being on a bike or if you loved racquetball or if you loved being in a setting like a, a spiritual house, um, if you loved going to the park or if you loved cooking, baking, whatever the case may be, and start to go find those people where they may hang out. And it's going to be uncomfortable initially, but once you go, you'll start to connect with people. Uh, it takes time. Try to, try to force yourself to think about what you loved as a kid. Do you think it makes a difference if you're an introvert or an extrovert as to how important a tribe is? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know the science behind that. I can tell you from my experience from working with clients the last 24 years is that you talk about something I love. That's why I said go to something you love and you can connect with somebody based on that love of that. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need people. Oh, I, I definitely think we need people. There's a study that uh, it's presented in the Live Happy book, uh, Live Happy, 10 Practices for Choosing Joy. Um, but I've seen it many other places. A uh, long-term study that was done for 300 men and at the end of, you know, later in life, really positive relationships may be the only thing that matter because it didn't matter how much money they made, how good a career they had, what their health was like. Just take all of those things out of the equation, and if they didn't have good relationships, they did not consider themselves happy or to have lived a good life, which just goes to show you how important relationships are to our overall happiness and well-being. It's relationships. It's not the stuff you have. I recently was at an MBA talk, and somebody said to me, what would you do differently? You know, you have your... I mean, I'm in that fifth decade now, officially. And what would you I'm do right different? Behind you. <laughs> what would you? What would you do different in your in your career? I said, well, we spend so much time accumulating stuff, and then you spend so much time getting rid of your stuff. And so, if you can avoid that step in between of uh, maybe not as much stuff, and uh, invest in relationships, invest in experiences, uh, I think that would be uh, a really huge uh, 
kudo for many of our young listeners. But most stuff is just stuff. Mm-hmm. We, know, we know from the research that memories are what bring you happiness and bring you a sense of fulfillment, mm-hmm. not things. An article came out that says money can buy you happiness, which is a total, total misleading article. Because it wasn't that money could buy you happiness. It was how you spend your money can buy you happiness. Mm-hmm. So if you can spend your money acquiring experiences or things that are very meaningful to you based on what your interests are, what you love. For example, if you loved baseball and you bought baseball memorabilia and hung it on your office wall, yeah, that, that, that brought positivity into your life. But if you just went out and you know spent $10,000 on a Rolex, it didn't necessarily bring the same positivity or vacations. So I think people have to be really careful when thinking of how am I going to spend the resources I have, both time and money, to create happiness. And, I, and for young people, I think they, they don't realize that a brand new car is a car in a year. Um, the mansion you live in is a house. It's where you live in six months. It, it doesn't continue to bring you joy. It's momentary and it passes. But the ultimate European vacation can bring you memories for a lifetime. You know, I love that. I, I love it for two reasons. One, you brought up baseball. Uh, and, yeah. and you may know I came in from Kansas City, uh, the world champs, I might have to add, Kansas City Royals. <laughs> but it reminds me of an experience uh, when we did not win the uh, World Series, but we went into the playoffs for the first time in 30-plus years. In 2014, I got the opportunity to buy tickets, great seats. And um, I took that opportunity. And I, what was the best part of that experience, I went to one or two games. I bought the whole uh, the whole series of the playoffs. And um, it was calling my brothers. <laughs> and uh, I called one of my brothers who lives in Indiana. And I said, hey, if you had a, a ticket to the World Series, would you um, come and take, um, I have a bonus father, a stepfather that's been in my life since I was uh, one. And he's divorced my mother at 12, but he's still in my life. And I said, would you come in and take our, take our dad? And he said, in a heartbeat. And I have to tell you, it's even emotional thinking about him getting to have that experience. And um, I will go to my next life uh, being grateful that I did that. And then taking my nephews, mm-hmm. I had another nephew and a niece and another brother that came up. Uh, I have to tell you, it's just a wonderful experience. It was a well-spent money. I, I not only completely understand, but totally relate. Um, I'm a longtime Texas Rangers season ticket oh, holder. And have never missed a playoff game, a local playoff game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I bought tickets to the 2011 series in St. Louis as well as here. Now, I have to say I regret going to that game. And I'm sure most of our listeners are not baseball fans. So just so you know, the Rangers blew a two-out, two, two-strike, two two-run lead twice in the game and ended up losing the World Series and they've never won a World Series. So that's a tragic memory, but I really don't regret going to the game because it was such an enriching experience and it's something I've always done with my father. My mm. father and I share tickets and we go to the games together. So we've been to all these games together and it's just been a wonderful relationship building experience for us and when we get together we talk baseball. You take a talk about tribe and you talk about happiness and you talk about well-being and um, that experience make it you know, your, your relationship with your father, mm-hmm. uh, your friends, my, my siblings, um, creating an experience that they would have never had. Uh, it feel, just fills me far greater. I could have never gone to a game, but to have given them the opportunity to have that experience, um, you know, changes myself. No. Makes them happy. It does. It makes you happy, too, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, it's kind of like food. I, just, I, I think that when people look at life, you know, we're in this in the springtime. And I don't know about you. Kansas City's gotten really green and colorful and beautiful. And people say to me, Michelle, I don't like vegetables. And I'll say, well, do you like winter or do you like spring? And they always say, I love spring. I say, well, when you feed your body winter, a bunch of dead food, 
it's not going to thrive near as much as if you feed it spring with a bunch of live food. I'm not saying never have That's dead cool. food, but you know, if you got to have more live food, and so um, that this these experiences, whether it's food, whether it's thoughts, whether it's movement, brings more life. And when you have more life, you have more to be happy about. Well, and I think tragically, most of us know the right things to do. It's just choosing to do them and building those habits and doing the little things that really lead us to making the right decisions every day. Yeah, I, I challenge our listeners to, to do an inventory tonight. Did I do that balance? You know, just as life, your health has got a health account. More credits lead to more happiness and more health and well-being. We know that happiness equals well-being, right, in the dictionary. Mm-hmm. So how can I add more credits? I would not say abundance amount of credits. I read a story, probably in the National Enquirer, knowing me, um, several years ago. <laughs> may have been People Magazine. It was not in Live Happy, by the way. But a story about a, a woman who worked for a university. And she ended up endowing a million dollars to the university when she died. But she slept on the floor. She rented out all the rooms in her house, and she slept on the floor, and she gave all that money away. And people are like, oh, this is great. That's a little bit extreme. That is way too many credits in a health account or a bank account. She didn't get to take those with her either. She didn't. She didn't (laughs) take those experiences. So how can we have some type of balance, you know? Yeah. And and for me personally, balance is a bit of a myth because it's not really about balance. It's it's about um, living with integrity, Mm -hmm. being authentic, Mm -hmm. and then making sure that you're – using your time in ways that enriches your life, whether that's at work or at home. But it's not wasting that uh, in-between time, not sitting in a meeting and thinking about I should be with my kids, not sitting at the game and thinking about I should be on the phone for work, Mm -hmm. making sure that I'm fully engaged and fully present. What I'm doing is a big part of what leads to happiness for me. And it really isn't balanced because it's not like I say, oh, I'm going to spend three hours here and three hours here. Mm -hmm. It's really more this is what I intend to do, and I'm going to do it, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give it my all, mm-hmm. as opposed to how do I find some mythical sense of I can do it all, because nobody can. Yeah, and I, I, I would agree with you. I like the word harmony much better than balance. That's a great word. Yeah, because I think balance is hard. It's, a, it's hard to achieve, but can I be harmonious that, you know, today you've got the dogs. You know, yeah. it's your turn the next seven days to take care of the dogs, and the next time is my set. Can we be... Feel comfortable with that exchange. Yeah, harmonious, authentic. I like that. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Robin, thank you so much for being on the show today. Tell everybody where they can find more information about you. It's really easy. DrMichelleRobin.com. It's D-R-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-R-O-B-I-N.com. And thank you so much for hosting us today. Uh, absolutely. My pleasure. Great stuff, as always. If you'd like a sketch note to help illustrate what you just heard, you can go to livehappynow.com. And you can join in next week. We'll be releasing another edition of the podcast. Very excited. Zelena Monbony is going to be joining us. And that was a very fun conversation that you'll get to hear next week on resilience. The superpower of happy people. While you're online getting that sketch note, by the way, uh, head over to livehappy.com slash survey. Fill out the two-minute survey about the Live Happy Now podcast, and maybe you'll win a T-shirt or a cup or a wristband. Who knows? It's it's a mystery. And also, you can uh, let us know what you think anytime, even when the survey is not going on, by finding us on Twitter at livehappy, facebook.com slash livehappy, or sending us an email, podcast at livehappy.com. For Dr. Michelle Robin and Deborah Heiss, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long, thank you, and remember to always live happy.